0: In this episode of The Mission Daily, we are talking about the best of what we're watching, listening to, reading, thinking about doing, and the products and services that we're enjoying. Today's episode is brought to you by us at The Mission. I'm Chad. I'm your host. Welcome. And I'm joined by my co-host, Stephanie Postles.
1: Hello, everyone. This is going to be a fun episode. I was most excited this week to get to this one. Mainly for the thing I bought this week that I'm excited to
0: talk about. (laughs) So the best is something that we've been testing mainly in our newsletter. We have a section where we feature the best articles and everything I just mentioned. And that seems to be really popular. It's a fan favorite. So we're just going to experiment with doing an episode where we talk about the, uh, yeah, what the best of everything is.
1: Yep. You want to start with the best of what we're watching?
0: Yeah. So let's see, what have I watched lately? You always watch
1: the more obscure things than me. (laughs) I do.
0: I watch some things that are kind of out there, but, um, So the two things that I've watched that have been uh, really awesome this week were one documentary. It was called Watching Seinfeld, How It Began. It's an old documentary from back in 2004. And it's just uh, Jerry, the cast, and uh, Jerry's co-writer co-founder. It's, it's tricky with what you would actually call them. Larry David. And they're just talking about how the show actually came to be. And it's uh, it's a really, really fun story for those who want to learn more about media and want to learn about how series and shows get created, it's it's actually still very, very relevant today for a lot of the new emerging media companies like Netflix and uh, Hulu and everyone like that. This, the process that Seinfeld details in this documentary still holds true for a lot of cases.
1: So, Is there a uh, key takeaway that you remember from it or something that you, know, you heard in it or watched and you're like, oh, that's awesome that you want to tell the listeners about?
0: Yeah. Take whatever opportunity you have as a, a pilot or a starting point very, very seriously. That's what I think that's how Seinfeld became very successful was the the crew and cast didn't, and writers and, and Jerry and Larry didn't fall into the trap of thinking that just because they had an order for just a, you know, a two episode pilot, that it wasn't important enough to take seriously. It's because Jerry took that small, small opportunity so seriously that they were able to make the show a massive success. And so, for those who aren't that familiar, an order for a two episode pilot is uh, it's just really, really small in the business. And they were able to capitalize on that very, very small opportunity and obscure time slot. And then they got an episode order for four, and then 12, and then 24, or something like that. I'm getting, I might yeah. be getting the numbers wrong. But you get the idea. It was a very slow start. And it was something that every step along the way, they had to, to prove themselves. And they had to really just keep showing up and find a champion inside NBC. And it's just, it's a great reminder for how things are happening. Things have to be sold at every step of the way. You have to sell your ideas just aggressively, just again, and again, and again, in order to find a foothold for them and get traction. So awesome. that was a really inspiring uh, documentary.
1: And that was called Seinfeld, yeah. How again. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that uh, you've been watching?
0: Yeah, I watched uh, Jonathan Nolan's interview with Elon Musk at uh, South by Southwest. I thought that was the best long form interview with Elon that I've seen in a long time. And I don't think it's any accident that you have a more interesting interviewer. And surprise, you get a way better interview. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I say that because Jonathan Nolan is is a creator. He's a writer. He's done some very imaginative things. So one of the byproducts of that imagination is just more thoughtful questions and- It was, uh, yeah, it's a great interview. And then for those who don't know, Jonathan Nolan is the uh, Christopher Nolan, the famous director's brother. And they've written a lot of movies together. Uh, Jonathan helped write Interstellar. And more recently, Jonathan and his wife, uh, Christina Joy, I think, are the uh, co-producers and writers of Westworld. Mm -hmm. So that was a great interview.
1: Very cool. So I'll take it more mainstream. And I'm watching The Crossing, which is a TV show about community 180 years in the future they come back to the present day and they're seeking asylum from a war that's happening 180 years in the future so the
0: series is on abc it's on
1: abc yep and it's like kind of like a sci-fi thriller but it's definitely pretty interesting so people can check that out
0: did it just um, come out
1: i think it's been out for maybe I, I mean it was definitely released in 2018 and that's all i know about it but it's it's pretty fun when you're kind of like you don't want to dive too deep into interviews and you're like i just want to watch something fun That one, it's a good one so far.
0: That's really cool. I I think that we're just going to see more and more sci-fi and near-term future type fiction and scenarios. I think that's just going to become a really, really popular category.
1: Yep. I agree. All right. Should we move on to what we're listening to?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've been listening to just a bunch of of, uh, random things. Um, Let me just run through some of them briefly here. So. There's a great playlist on Apple Music called Future Sounds. Mm-hmm. And whether you like EDM or experimental music, electronic music, uh, some pop stuff, it has just like a really good mix of everything in there. So I've had uh, fun with that, discovered a lot of new artists I like. Uh, I listened to Al City's new album called mm-hmm. Cinematic. So they have the uh, famous, I think, six times platinum song Fireflies that many people have heard that yeah. have been in, has been in countless movies. Uh, their new CDs fun.
1: Um, I love their music. It's so uplifting and happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like things that are uh, happy, cheery, and don't make you think too much. Yep. Um, but if you do dive into their their lyrics, there is some uh, pretty fun and provocative things in there. Um, there's one song called "Lucid Dream," uh, which is just about how life is basically a lucid dream. And next up, we have Marshmello, again an experimental type artist. Uh, he way where or he or she, I guess, because I think the identity of this person is. Still unknown, they wear a uh, big marshmallow hat, and uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, their, their music's uh, great. Um, and then got some rap in there, uh, New Drake's Out, Kanye, uh, Kid Cudi CD, um, Tiana Taylor. I was listening to her new CD, but that's what I'm gonna to.
1: That's cool. So, I don't, have, I don't have as big of a playlist as you, but two new things that I uh, discovered one is called Juice World, and world <laughs> is W L R D. And I started playing it, and you're like, hey, I love them. So I just discovered them actually on SoundCloud. Um, So the song Legends and uh, another song called Lucid Dreams as well. Yeah. And those two songs are really good. Um, Yeah, they're pretty fun. And then. Yeah, I I I
0: thought uh, Juice World is just a really fun artist and anybody that creates, I have enormous respect for anybody that does their own covers uh, on music and especially when they're you know, it's clear that they're not the best artists in the world, but the artist actually does the cover, the book cover, the CD, the album cover. I think that's so cool. Yeah, so.
1: a one-person show. It's great. But yeah, their music's pretty fun. And then um, for instrumental music, I like instrumental music, especially for working. There is, I found it on YouTube. It's called Jack, like J A K. And their song "Lagoon" is really good, but it's just like fun, relaxing, and you can stay focused while you're listening to it. So that's uh, yeah. yeah, really good.
0: Oh, and another uh, fun artist that we've uh, we featured in the newsletter, and it's just very different, is this uh, DJ called Akira the Don, who takes spoken word and then remixes it with some like, I guess they would call it lo-fi mm-hmm. slash chill <laughs> <laughs> music. It sounds ridiculous when you're trying to talk about it and categorize it. But um, he's a DJ that is just doing some really interesting things. He's taking some uh, of the clips from like McKenna. Uh, so Terrence McKenna and Jordan Peterson and putting them against music and remixing their words. So they kind of sound like they're half singing, half talking, uh, but generally just, yeah, really fun, really different.
1: I love that. All right. Let's go on to what we're reading.
0: Reading. Hmm. So I've been reading a short book called War is a Racket by General Smedley Butler. And that's like, I like a, his name. <laughs> it's like a 40 page book that is based on a lecture that he gave after he left the military, where he basically saw how war can quickly turn into profiteering, which isn't like exactly a news flash, but he had some pretty specific plans to fix it. And he had seen how much waste, fraud, and abuse was happening firsthand. And he decided to be one of the first whistleblowers in a sense. And he wasn't hiding behind you know, another name. He wasn't doing it anonymously. He just went out in the open in a time where that uh, I can't even imagine how many death threats or people actually tried to kill him when he came out and started talking about that. But um, yeah, it's just an eye-opening pamphlet. And uh, yep, so that's one.
1: Cool. What are you reading? So I just ordered, and I'm only a couple pages in. It's called The Fabric of Reality. Oh, cool. David Deutsch, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. So basically, um, what I think it's going to be talking about, I mean, I'm not far enough in yet, but it talks about the many parallel universes that are around us that uh, maybe we see or we don't see. And it kind of goes into the, fix- the physics of time travel and uh, yeah, everything around like the universe, basically, and the significance of human life and things like that. So I'm interested. I'm only like 10 pages in but it seems really cool so far
0: awesome yeah that's actually it's sitting right so i have a copy that's sitting right over there i've been putting off reading for oh yeah i see way, it. There you way go. too long so that's uh yeah now that we both have our own copies we should dive in and I mean, talk I about love
1: it. having two books in the same household that's how it should always be <laughs> i didn't know you ordered that already
0: yeah he's uh i've just heard so many great things about him that it's uh Inevitable at this point that I'll check out his work. Well, so
1: I'm actually glad I have my own copy because a lot of times I get into the books you've read and there's so many notes on the margins. It's so distracting. <laughs> the
0: the I books mean, are it's uh, cool, but yeah, destroyed at that point. But the yeah, between the notes and the highlights, they're everywhere.
1: Yeah. So this is my book. Stay away. <laughs> Done. Right, are you reading any other ones that are noteworthy or that you want to talk about?
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, I've been reading for a trip that's coming up. Uh, we're discussing three different books on the trip, and the first one is. Called persecution in the art of writing. It's by Leo Strauss, and we've. If you're a listener of the Mission Daily, you've probably heard me talk about Strauss before. Mm-hmm. We've studied this book. I've uh, read it a long time ago. I read it more recently, and now I'll be revisiting it a, a third time to dive back in, take some notes, and. But generally, it's about exoteric teaching and writing, and then esoteric teaching, and the premise is that throughout history, it hasn't been safe for anyone who is truly. Ahead of the culture, or any uh, anyone that might deem themselves a prophet to speak, so they have to hide truth in fiction or in stories, or generally just in really complicated nonfiction writing. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, as you dive into the premise, it's scary because it's true, <laughs> and you know the amplifications of that are pretty staggering.
1: So well, since I'm a noob and you've already read the book, <laughs> so I'm allowed to ask this: What's the difference between exoteric and esoteric?
0: Yeah, so exo is just the public facing, you know, this is a book about this industry. And then esoteric would be, this is a book about this industry. And if you read between the lines carefully enough, you'll see the, uh, yeah, generally like whistleblowing type things. Um, So that's the book I mentioned earlier with General Smedley Butler. Uh, That's an attempt at, uh, you know, whistleblowing on a trend that was unsustainable, unethical, things like that. And with Leo Strauss's book, it's generally about Exoteric is what people, what nine out of ten people think a book is about, um, versus the one out of a thousand person who has really discovered what the book is about. So,
1: got it. Okay, good summary. Yeah, it's is a bit that, rambling, but you get the point. But generally, no, it's not. I got it now. It's
0: not safe for certain people to share their ideas. You're deemed a heretic. You're burned at the stake. Things like that. And to think that we've really made that much progress that that doesn't happen anymore, or that that might not happen on a smaller and less violent scale. But and you know, it still happens is uh, it's pretty naive to think that that wouldn't happen anymore.
1: Got it. All right. And since I know you probably usually are juggling more than three books at a time, are there any others you want to mention, or do you want to jump right into what we're reading for the book club?
0: Um, the only other thing I'll say is the other two books that I mentioned. So I mentioned I was reading three in preparation for an event that's coming up. Yep. So there's the Persecution and the Art of Writing by Leo Strauss. There is a book called Discovering Girard. So if you're a fan of Rene Girard, uh, this is a book that is a great summary and introduction to his work, and it presents his work in a, in a new light that's that was very valuable for me. Um, there's that book, and then there's one more called uh, basically like work. I think "Work in the Spirit" is the title of the book. So I'm going to read those three, and I've you know I've previewed them a little bit. They're already turning out to be so valuable. I don't know if they're going to be um, books in our book club that we pick, or else I might just do an entire episode of the Mission Daily about each of these books. We haven't done the type of deep dive I want want to into one single book in one episode. So I think that these three books will be the perfect thing for that. So yeah, if that you're listening, fun. yeah, let us know if you want to see that um, because I'm probably going to do it.
1: That means our listeners <laughs> should probably start reading if they're interested in it. So then yeah. maybe they can uh, banter back and forth with us. Yeah, definitely. On, and we'll uh, we get it right.
0: Yeah, we'll figure out the uh, exact, you know, the names of the book and we'll post those ahead of time. So,
1: yep in our show notes. All right. And then also we have a book club at The Mission. Yeah. If you aren't in it right now, go to our Facebook page. We do live streaming events, which can be great, maybe uncomfortable, awkward, depending on if we can. uh, Funny.
0: Yeah. Wine-fueled. You'll never know. Yeah. You never know what's
1: coming. But uh, the next book that we have coming up is Zero to One by Peter Thiel.
0: Yeah. Again, it's been all over the internet, but it's the main points and premise of the book haven't really been discussed. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, you get the superficial topics. So Oh my God, you know, Peter Thiel said that uh, the best businesses are monopolies, like, and the general, like, freakouts. But (laughs) yeah. And if you go just a little bit deeper than the surface, you get a fascinating book. So we're going to be diving into the more uh, esoteric aspects of Zero to One. Awesome. Oh, so about the book club, this is really important. Every two weeks, we pick a new book. And we, it's, I guess the last one was like, it was closer to three weeks, but we're back on track. Every two weeks, we pick a new book. And we pick zero to one because there are a lot of important aspects of the book that aren't really discussed. And, you know, you get the general uh, critiques and criticisms. And I love this part of the books, but this is more going to be about the esoteric aspects of the book. So cool. that's coming up.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. All right. And our last, my favorite piece I wanted to talk about, which some people may, might be like, uh what is what we've bought in the last, what do you want to say, month or so that excites oh, yeah, us the most? No, it's not super that. expensive. Yeah. Um, do you want to start? Because when I get to mine, you might be like, um, why would you bring that up? (laughs) And I'm going to anyways.
0: Let's see. So the favorite things I've bought over the last month. And it has to
1: bring you joy, not be like a huge sum of money. Um, and then maybe the reasoning behind like, you know, why you bought it or whatever.
0: Let's see. So I bought obviously some books, uh, outside of that, I would say the more expensive bottle of wine, That I bought recently when we were at Napa. Because
1: you don't really drink wine, so
0: yeah, I I don't. But that was just—it was a good lesson that you know, don't ever think because something is a really high price that the price isn't justified. And that's you know, for anybody that's familiar with like having a drink out there, there are drinks, and then there are like really, really high high quality drinks and there it's a big difference. So,
1: yeah. And it wasn't like crazy price. I mean, it was just more no, than 30, wheat, $36. Yeah. yeah.
0: $36 a bottle of wine. And it was, um, delicious, really, really different than the, uh, the typical, like 10 to $12 bottles of wine. But,
1: yeah. Okay. Any, uh, other purchases? If not, I've got two, one that you purchased that I'm getting, I got joy out of.
0: Um, so this isn't a purchase, but we might have to do a segment about this. Cause I, I like this idea. Uh, I, so I had a meeting with one of the So I had a meeting and then I had uh, two calls with different people at Silicon Valley Bank, Mm -hmm. which is the bank that we bank with. And so we have them just for a business bank account right now. But I've just been blown away with how proactive they are in terms of, you know, they have a willingness to set up meetings and talk to you about your future challenges and like how to solve them. And it was the most helpful meeting I've had in the last month. And it was eye-opening. I learned a bunch. So not only are we going to be using them for business, but we're also going to be using them for you know personal. I'm switching all my personal accounts to them.
1: You mean I'm switching them for you right now is <laughs> what you've requested actually
0: yeah, so you know, I, oh, I appreciate cool. that help help around some of this stuff um, but yeah, so I, I'm gonna switch over. It's just uh, that type of like person to person interaction and type that level of customer service is uh, I forgot what that's like to have somebody listen <laughs> when you speak, who isn't being directly you know, obviously they're being compensated, but it's not like there's a huge sales bonus or commission in, in a lot of those different regards. And uh, yeah, so I was just blown away. So I, I didn't buy it,
1: but I kind of bought it. Yeah, kind and of. we might
0: need a different category for this. Yeah,
1: no, I like that. Maybe the most enjoyable experience that usually isn't enjoyable. That can be the category. Like what do you usually hate doing? Banking yeah. or anything accounting wise when it comes to Chad. And then what actually made it somewhat more enjoyable? But Yeah, definitely. Okay, so my things are, I talked about this in a previous episode but when you bought the soccer and football I've been having a great time just going out to the field putting David Grayson in a stroller letting him sit under a tree and you and I just you know kicking it back and forth shooting on goal just running around like crazy people and just having Yeah that was little, fun Yeah that was that was awesome and it's That was a great time. And just getting us outside and getting us doing more in real world is what we're aiming for there. No, completely. And then the other one, which people are going to be like, what? Why? (laughs) Is I bought a milk frother. So why do I love this so much? I bought it off Amazon. It was only like, I don't know, 13 bucks or something, but I use it for everything now. So it can uh, mix up my matcha tea in the morning. So matcha is like, you know, ground up green tea. You have to mix it up. Usually with a little bamboo stick, but I don't feel like using that all the time. So it does that. It also will, if I want to ever make bulletproof coffee with you know the butter and the cocoa and cinnamon and all that, it'll blend that up. It's like it does everything. It's brought me so much joy over the past month, and I know you always laugh at that, but it's my favorite thing I've oh, gotten so, this month.
0: Uh, yeah, I use that too. So if you're you trying do to stir use things it and you laugh or mix at me, you things up, it. that's hey, it works great.
1: Yeah. All right. So I think this sums up the episode of the best of what we're reading, watching, listening to, and bought this month. I hope you guys liked it. Tweet us at the Mission HQ and tell us what you guys are doing so we can see what you're up to.
0: Sounds great. And we'll see you next time.
1: See ya.